Hello, everyone. I'm Greg Goins from the Reimagined Schools podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast, the show where educators can come find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krinas. Let's get started. Hey, Leader of Learning listener, welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I also want to thank so many of you who reached out and gave Lots of really great positive feedback on our last episode, episode 52, which featured George Kuros and Katie Novak, authors of Innovate Inside the Box. There were so many people reaching out on social media from Instagram to Twitter and even on LinkedIn that it's really just too many to mention here, but I appreciate all of the feedback. And of course, I appreciate you listening and sharing the great stuff that's happening on this show episode after episode. I also want to let you know that in between that episode and this one today, I myself was featured as a guest on a podcast, and so I want to give a shout out to Ray Hewitt and Jeff Gargis, hosts of the Teach Better Talk podcasts. They are members, of course, of the Teach Better team. I was just on their podcast in episode 108, so if you're not already a listener or subscriber to that podcast, I would recommend going over and checking out Jeff and Ray and their great podcast. Of course, you can listen to episode 108 that featured me as the guest or go back and listen to any or all of the first 107 episodes of their show. But it really is a great show. We had a lot of fun and I'm super appreciative of Jeff and Ray and the Teach Better team for allowing me to be one of their guests and, and really talk from the bottom of my heart. A lot of what I shared on that episode had to do with actually overcoming some struggles in my career and, and ones that I've actually spoken before about on this show. If you remember back to the end of the summer and the beginning of the new school year, I shared that I had to switch roles and switch schools and switch districts, and uh, it was really not an easy time for me. And on that episode, I really opened up about what was going on and, and how I pushed through it. And just like I did on this show, I really wasn't afraid to open up and be vulnerable and really speak from my heart about what it was I was going with and what I've had to deal with since then. And speaking of being vulnerable and being humble and, and really embracing that humility, I have a great episode for you here and my guest in this show, Dr. Dave Schmidto, is becoming known for his work on helping educators push through those times of turmoil and adversity and understand that it is important to be vulnerable, but also to be humble. And his book, Bold Humility, that's been recently published, is all about that. I was very excited to talk to Dave. I think we had a great conversation. I think we share a lot of things in common, and I really think you'll get a lot out of listening to my interview with him. So without further ado, here's Dr. Dave Schmidow. 
All right, very exciting, guys. I feel like uh, season three is really shaping up to be absolutely the best season yet for Leader of Learning because we just continue to have amazing guests on the show. This episode, I bring in Dr. Dave Schmidto, who is uh, awesome, first of all, but he's uh, he's an author and a speaker and an amazing award-winning educator, um, but I don't think my introduction will do him much justice. So please, Dr. Dave, if you could introduce yourself and, and tell the listeners who you are, where you are, and what you do. Well, Dan, I'm going to tell you, I'm kind of intimidated now. That bar was just raised higher than probably it's ever been raised for me before. So I'll see if I can't live up to at least some of that. Um, let me start my introduction by telling you who I really am. I am a father of four incredible kids. My oldest um, just started eighth grade this week, 13 years old. Um, and my youngest is four years old going into preschool this year for, for the first time. I've got all four of my kids in school. Um, I, I start with that because that's truly the foundation of who I am, uh, personally and professionally. Everything I do professionally um, stems from who I am personally and in the fatherhood side. Um, professionally, my official title is the Executive Director of Curriculum and Instruction. It's a fancy title that just means I support principals and teachers in their daily instruction um, at the district level. Um, I have been an educator now for 20 years. I've been a teacher. I've been a dean. I've been a coach. I've been an assistant principal. I've been a principal. I've been lucky enough to, to work in multiple states. I've worked in urban, suburban, and rural districts. Um, you name it, I've had the opportunity to, to really be exposed to it. Um, and I just, I truly love what I do. And uh, you, you say I'm a, a writer and a speaker and all that. Really, all, all it is is just me telling my experiences and telling my stories and most of all, telling my struggles and my failures so that other people don't have to follow in my footsteps. That's great. First of all, let me just say uh, I commend you on, you know, starting with that, that family piece first and, and introducing yourself first and foremost as a, as, as a family guy. Um, I was just thinking about this the other day. You know, I really do pride myself and my family on the fact that first and foremost, we're just a really tight knit family unit. And, um, and sometimes I, I almost feel like that takes away from perhaps having more interactions with, with friends and, and things like that. But I don't know, you know, I, there's just something about being really close like that and four kids. Wow. That's, uh, you got your hands full. Well, I, I do, but you know, I, uh, I'll take a side road here. Um, probably not the focus of what you wanted to talk about in the, on this episode, but you know, you say, having kids in a tight knit family can distract you from, from friends and all that. And I'll tell you flat out, um, I am 41 years old and I don't have a single adult friend. True story. Never have. I grew up as a Navy brat, um, moved around all the time, went to, um, 16 schools from K through 12 and always learned, um, how to make acquaintances, but never learned how to make friends. Um, but I, I do pour my all in, to my kids. And those people that have heard me speak or have read, um, read anything that I've written, get to know my kids in a very real way because they are truly the heartbeat of everything I do. And they're the reason I work. And I'll be honest, they're the reasons I consider myself a, a, a strong educator looking to, to push the status quo. Because I look at everything through the lens of, is this good enough for my kids? You know, again, uh, we're like going down this rabbit hole now, but I'm really glad you brought that up. And, and quite frankly, we're going to talk about, you know, bold humility here in a few minutes. And, and I just mentioned to you before we even hit record that, um, I went through a humbling experience that my listeners at this point are probably actually getting tired of hearing, but I will tell you that, uh, I jumped into an administrative role during last school year and I was very excited about it. It's something that I still feel, uh, that I, 
had been preparing for and striving for for a long time. But quite frankly, uh, I do believe that I probably jumped in into it too, uh, not too quickly, but just too impulsively. Um, you know, it, there's a there's it's a long story, but at the end of the day, um, it was kind of a blessing in disguise, really, that things didn't work out there. And one of the biggest reasons why was because I was commuting well over an hour each way. And with uh, a later school day and administrator hours, I wasn't getting home until 6.15, 6.30. And it was really starting to eat me up, especially during the the later spring and early summer when both my kids were playing baseball, my son was playing travel baseball for the first time. And really for the first time in my life as a parent, I was starting to really have to miss games and, and practices. And, and it was tough. And I know that sometimes that is the light that can be the life of administrators and and school leaders, but uh, I just wasn't ready for it yet. And so um, I think having now taken a bit of a step back is, like I said, a blessing in disguise. You you know, we call this rabbit hole early on, but it's really not. I think this is really the the essence of maybe why we're supposed to be talking today. Um, If it's okay, I'll I'll take you on my own journey. I'll I'll share that with you. Um, Before you do, and and, and it's absolutely fine that you do. I really appreciate that. And I think the listeners will as well. Let's back up for a second. Uh, You introduced, you know, your educational experiences and, um, and what you're passionate about both in terms of your family and your career. Um, Let's back up a second. You, you've, published a couple of books now, and, and you speak about some really great topics, educationally speaking. Um, you know, it's like riding a bike, how to make learning last a lifetime. Uh, and now you've just released Bold Humility. So if you could just kind of wa- build it up a little bit, take us back in time, um, yeah. you know, how, how you got into writing it. And then I know, and and I told you again, you know, leading up to the interview, I'm really excited, and I do think it's very timely to talk about this bold humility piece. So please, uh, yeah, explain. Absolutely, and it, it's kind of organic, and it kind of flows into what I was gonna um, talk about already. So I, I appreciate that. Perfect segue. Um, so, l- like I said, most of what I I share, what I talk about, um, what I write about, is through the lens of my own kids. So if I, if I can talk about, it's like riding a bike. The the first book that they came out three, maybe four years ago now. Um, Really, the idea came from me teaching my two oldest kids how to ride their bikes. Um, they each learned how to ride their bikes when they were four or five years old. And we've all heard the saying, once you learn how to ride a bike, you never forget. Um, and I just remember that that process that um, I had to go through to get each of them to, to embrace the, the struggle and the falling down and having the courage and the stamina and the commitment to keep going. And lo and behold, they are bike riders today. They can go up and down the neighborhood anywhere and everywhere without my assistance, without my guidance. Um, but that process just got me thinking about at the time I was a school principal and I was having teachers who were struggling. I was working at a, a, a Title I um, school, tons and tons of at-risk kids. We had 90% of our kids on free lunch. 40% of our kids had um, at least one parent incarcerated. And it was, a, it was a, a struggling school. And I had teachers that were really struggling to get their kids to retain any information Monday through Friday. And yet I'm taking my kids outside and teaching them this crazy complex skill of riding a bike. And truly, they're never going to forget about it. And they'll never forget how to do it. They can not ride for 20 years and hop back on and keep riding. And I just started thinking, why is it that my kids can can perfect this skill and master it and have 
endurance of their education. And yet in my own school, I've got kids that can't remember things two or three days later. Um, and it just got me thinking that's the, that's the essence of that book. And basically I take the, the approach and the process to teaching a kid how to ride a bike and translate that into the classroom to really revolutionize and transform how we teach kids skills instead of just focusing on memorizing content. So that's, that's that first book. It's through the lens of my kids. But the most recent book that we talk about, Bold Humility, really is my own story. Um, you know, I, I, I said that growing up, never really learned how to make friends, um, moved around a lot. And I would argue that a lot of people would argue my professional life has been the same way for the last 20 years. Um, I was a guy back in 1999, graduated from college, and after one year of teaching, thought I had it down. Thought I, I knew how to be a, a, a masterful teacher and I was going to be the next best thing um, and decided that after a year, I was going to go get my master's degree in educational leadership and go run my own school. Fast forward between my second and third year of teaching, went on 16 job interviews to try to become a school level leader. Did not get a single call back. And I was angry and bitter at the world. I was thinking everybody was just missing out, that they were, uh, they had no idea what they were talking about. I was mad at the system, thinking that education was just gone wild. And um, people just didn't know what they were missing out on. And I decided to actually enroll in law school and think and thought to myself, I was going to go be a lawyer who would start suing school systems on behalf of parents because the school systems obviously had no idea what was going on. Um, well, the HR director in my district heard about me interviewing, called me in, and truly just became an awesome mentor for me and gave me some life-changing advice. And the advice was basically quit trying to knock down doors, um, told me quite frankly that I wasn't even a good teacher yet, let alone a great teacher yet. And if I would just focus on where I was and focus on being great at where I was, doors would start opening and I'd have to, and I wouldn't have to keep knocking them down. And lo and behold, that's truly what's happened to me. Um, went from being a teacher, like I said, to an assistant principal, to a principal, to um, multiple states, and now have a, a central office position and a platform where I'm able to to try to help mentor both new teachers and new leaders and new administrators all over the country. Now, you mentioned the advice you got along the way that kind of helped you make uh, a shift in your practice or your preparation, I'm not exactly sure what, as specifically as you can, what was it that you did to make that shift? Was it really like a mindset? Was it your actual instructional practices, the way you prepared for, for your work every day? What was it? it you know, it, it, was, it was probably a combination of all of those things. Um, I think probably the most foundational change was that I stopped teaching um, to be noticed and started teaching for my kids. Um, and I think that's that's the best way to put it. You know, my, my first two or three years of, of teaching, I was going through the motions. I would show up and follow the script, cover all the curriculum, um, get my kids to do whatever they were told. They were well-managed and well-behaved, um, had great standardized test scores. You know, I checked all the boxes. But I wasn't one of those teachers that kids would remember 10, 15, 20 years later. Um, but when I was told very, very bluntly and very directly that, um, my HR director did not even consider me to be a very good teacher. And he, he said that because he said that I didn't have a reputation as a teacher. Nobody was talking about me. That out in the community, there was no buzz about me. Um, that hurt. You know, I'm a guy, I've got a lot of pride um, and a lot of confidence in, in certain areas. Um, and in other ways, I can get knocked down very, very easily. And uh, that was something that truly swept the, the feet out right from underneath me. And it was truly just a commitment. And I just went in and said, you know what? Um, I'm going to go in. I'm just going to 
love the snot out of the kids in my classrooms. I was a middle school teacher, and I wanted to do everything I could to be that teacher that the kids remembered. Um, and now I've been out of the classroom for 12 years, and um, I'm getting invited to, to weddings now. I'm getting invited to um, baby showers now from, from kids that I taught a decade and a half ago because I made the commitment that my kids were going to come before all else. And when that happened, like I said, doors just started opening for me professionally because people saw that passion, that enthusiasm from me. You know, he, he gave me some, some wise advice that I've now echoed throughout the years. And I was so focused on uh, making sure my resume lined up. But he said that uh, my resume would get me the interview. My personality would get me the job. My passion would, be get, would get me a promotion. And uh, from that moment on, I stopped focusing on my resume. And I started focusing on being me and bringing passion to everything I did. Hey, Leader of Learning listener, it's Dan. I'm sorry to interrupt the show, but I wanted to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a loyal listener. I also wanted to let you know about an exciting opportunity to further support the show. Being a podcaster is something I enjoy very much, and with your help, this show has grown to be one of the most popular education podcasts. We consistently rank toward the top of the charts on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. However, podcasting can also get expensive. And as the show continues to grow, so too do the financial obligations that go toward things like website and audio hosting, recording equipment, and branding materials. So far, with the exception of small amounts of money I get every few months for running advertisements, I've been completely self-funded. If you get value from the content shared on this show, I hope you'd consider contributing. To find out more information, please visit leaderoflearning.com slash support or visit my Patreon page at patreon.com slash learning. Both links are in the show notes and you can click on them right from your podcast app while still listening to the podcast. Thanks so much. And now back to the show. So you've mentioned a couple of these kind of humbling experiences and, and I have to, again, apologize. I haven't read the book yet, but I am excited about it. And once again, it's, it's really timely uh, for me as well to, you know, after going through a humbling experience myself and uh, quite honestly experiencing, it seems like some of the are similar uh, things that that you experience, especially you know, trying to get into a leadership role and um, trying lots of times unsuccessfully. Let's say um, I am really looking forward to reading it. But uh, leading up to the release of the book and when it was just released, because we are friends on social media, I know that you were sharing and and opening up about some humbling experiences for you. And I think you've mentioned a couple already, but. Um, I was wondering if you could explain this one. I'm, I'm actually looking right now. It says that four years ago, you were invited to speak at a national conference in Las Vegas, and uh, you were put up yeah. in a nice hotel, and you were treated to great fruit, food and a packed auditorium that you were speaking to, but then you were told that you weren't going to be asked back again. Yeah. Bring us back to that experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, no, that was, a, that was an interesting one. So I, I'll leave the name of the organization out of this, but... Um, I was called about six weeks before the conference to come in and be um, basically a backup presenter. Um, I had applied for the for the conference and was rejected and had just moved on. And um, for some reason, um, a couple of their presenters backed out and they needed somebody to step in and, and fill in. And I jumped at the opportunity. This was a huge national conference in Vegas. Um, 
they put me up at the Venetian and this huge hotel room. And I, I mean, I, I felt like I had finally made it. Um, I was a guy, I was just starting to dabble in writing. I was just starting to, to do some presentations, had never even really presented at the state level. And now I was presenting to a, at a national conference. Um, went in, um, did my presentation to a packed room filled with people that I admire and I have kind of educational hero worship for. They, they came up and talked to me afterwards. We had great conversations. And I was on cloud nine. Before I even made it back to my hotel room, um, I had an email waiting for me, though, from the organization who said that they had somebody in the room who was there to evaluate me. And their quote was, the content was spot on, but my dress was less than the best. Um, long story short is I showed up in this con at this conference dressed like I normally do for my presentations with jeans and a t-shirt. And at the time it was a, a bike riding t-shirt because the presentation was based off. It's like riding a bike, a baseball hat with a bicycle on it. Um, and I thought I fit the part. Um, I mean, I wasn't dressed like a pirate, like, <laughs> like some people were, um, I wasn't, um, dressed in a Hawaiian shirt like others were that had do great jobs. And those are some of my heroes. I was playing the role of me and, I was rejected and told that I would not be getting another invitation back, that uh, that presentation was seen as a quote-unquote dress rehearsal, and that because I couldn't dress the part, I would not be called back. And it hurt. <laughs> I wanted to defend myself. I wanted to explain myself and rationalize it, but um, it hurt. And you know, it, it literally just took me until maybe a month ago before I even told anybody about that, that, that story. Um, I actually told it by reaching out to the, the one guy who actually chose to sit next to me at lunch the following day at that conference, um, who befriended me. We've become friends on social media ever since. He's actually a contributor to, to the book, Bold Humility. Um, I just, I reached out to him just to say, thank you for showing me support and, and love and grace when, when I needed it and you didn't even know it. All right. So, we're talking about humility here, bold humility. Uh, you've shared a few moments and experiences that humbled you. Uh, I've shared, again, uh, an experience that, that I went through recently in my career that was humbling as well. Uh, how do you bounce back? How do you, how do you fight through it? Is it, is it about uh, just really focusing on why? What, what is your why? Why do you do it? Why, do you, why did you keep going even though you had these uh, – opportunities, let's say, to uh, to be humbled and, and maybe even, uh, you know, make some life changes and, and different paths in your life and career? Yeah, you know, Dan, that's, that's, a, that's an amazing question. Um, and one that I, I wish I really had the answer um, for. You know, one thing I can tell you is that the way that I'm wired is I go all in on anything and everything, whether it's my beliefs, whether it's my passions, whether it's my relationships, I am all in. And anytime I get criticism on any of those things that I go all in on, it hurts to the core. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to act like I've got, got it figured out. Um, I have been diagnosed with depression. I have been on medication. I've, I've gone down that road um, because I've, I have felt like at times who I am and my identity has been under attack because of my beliefs and my stand on sometimes relatively small things, but they pile up in my own head and I start to own those things as though they're my identity. Um, but the thing that, that I think probably gets me through it is um, 
I've come to the the conclusion that not all fights need to be fought. Uh, One of the best lessons that any leader can learn is identifying which hill is worth dying on. If you are constantly the rabble rouser, if you're constantly the person poking the bear, eventually the bear is going to get mad and it's going to gobble you up. Um, But you have to have some sort of guiding principle to say, this is, this is where, this is where it all ends. And we can't just make it a big glorious statement like, um, I'm going to do whatever's right for kids because then we can justify every single fight saying it's all for the best of kids or I'm going to do whatever my teachers need and sacrifice all else because then we will be truly fighting battles every single day that will wear us down. Um, For me in different positions and different roles, it's been pedagogical shifts. Maybe I focused on standards-based grading or quality feedback. Right now, uh, my big focus is on being vulnerable and being real. I want to give people the power to take risks and take chances and eliminate as many barriers and as much bureaucracy as I can, trying to eliminate the scripts and the processes. And I will do everything I can to allow teachers to be the change agents for kids. That's awesome. Uh, I think that says a lot about you and, and why you do what you do. And, you know, I think that for me, and I'm sure for my listeners as well, we could take a lot out of what you just said. But um, if you could, as we sort of wrap up here, boil it down. Like if, you know, someone has just gone through some humbling experience, believe me, I know, or maybe throughout this school year, they will. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to someone else to kind of, uh, I don't want to use the word battle or fight, to just push through an experience that will humble them and will uh, just get in their way of potentially succeeding at what they set out to? Yeah, I think it's important to remember that um, it, we have to assume the good and doubt the bad. Um, when bad things happen to us, when humbling things happen to us, it's often because people don't see things the same way that we do. But we have to remember that they're coming from a place that they consider to be good as well. And they, we have to assume that they have honest and pure intentions to try to to grow whatever their cause is. And we, we cannot look at anything like people are trying to attack us as people. They're just seeing things differently. And the way that they might fight is different than ours. Um, you know, it's so tempting at times to lash out, to try to retaliate, to try to get even. But ultimately, the fight that we're fighting is not against people. It's for kids and it's for beliefs and ideas. We have to be willing to put ideas on the table, knowing that the ideas are going to get challenged and not get upset when we start to feel like we're being challenged. And it's going to happen. If you are a leader, you are designed to go out there and change course. Nobody is called to an elevated position to maintain the status quo. You are there to push things forward, which means you are going to make some people uncomfortable. And you just simply have to decide what's worth it and what's not. And if you decide that something is worth it, that means it's worth it no matter the costs, the good, the bad, and the ugly because the cause is more important than your pride. That's really great. I, I don't even have anything else. I, I think we that's a great way to uh, to take us on out of here. Dr. Dave, I really appreciate your time. Uh, everyone listening, of course, uh, Dave's information, including where you can go to listen to his podcast and, and also, of course, uh, purchase the books. Bold Humility is now available at Amazon and everywhere that you can purchase your books uh, from Edu Gladiators Publishing, correct? That's it. That's right. That's awesome. I love that, that they're getting into the publishing game. I really like those Edu Gladiators. Uh, they're good people. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, if if any of our listeners are not connected with you yet on social or, or your website or anything, please let them know where they can go. Absolutely. So 
I'm, I'm one of those guys who's waited four years to get my Instagram account and Twitter account to finally have the same username. So they are both now at Dave Schmitto, and Schmitto is S-C-H-M-I-T-T-O-U, um, and my website is schmitto.net. That's easy, and congratulations. I saw that that Instagram thing, I think, just earlier today, right? right yeah. Uh, so now you're fully aligned. That's that's awesome. All your social accounts are, are the same thing. I, I have that too, and it's it makes everything really easy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you for your humility and uh, your vulnerability. I really appreciate it. Again, I think um, hearing some of the things that you went through, although they were difficult at the time, uh, that you fought through it and that you have shared them have definitely helped me just by listening to your story. And, uh, you know, listeners out there, please reach out to me or Dave if anything he just said or I just said really resonated with you like they did with me. Dave, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. My thanks again to Dr. Dave Schmidow for giving me the time to come on here and really give us a great interview and some great content and some great ideas. And I guess my advice to you as we wrap up here would be to be bold, but also to be humble, just like Dr. Dave talks about in his book, Bold Humility. Go ahead and get your hands on a copy of that book. I know I will too. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you enjoyed this episode and my interview with Dr. Dave. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you'll join us next time as I bring on friend and also podcast host and the next guest on episode 54 in this show, Tim Cavey from the Teachers on Fire podcast. See you next time. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Also, if you enjoy the content shared on the show, please recommend this podcast to other educators, leaders, friends, or anyone you think would love listening and learning. I would also appreciate it if you would leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or whatever podcast app you use to listen. For more information about me or this show, head over to leaderoflearning.com. While you're there, you can also find the Leader of Learning blog, how to connect on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Voxer, sign up for our newsletter, and even find out how to purchase Leader of Learning merchandise. Thanks again, and remember, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a Leader of Learning.